Um, my name's Simon and I'm a recovering addict. Um, wow. If I'm gonna be totally honest, I was asked to do this um, last night and uh, I did not wanna do this. Um, not because I don't like speaking in front of people. I just really did not feel like doing it. Um, but I do know that um, I need to keep doing uh, what I was doing from the very beginning, um, not only to stay clean, um, but, but to keep this sense of peace that I have today. Okay, so uh, 30 minutes, huh? Uh, we're going to start from the very beginning. Because um, uh, for me, at least, it started, it started way before the drugs and the alcohol. Um, I come uh, from a family who's, uh, who's um, you know, not from this country. Father is Middle Eastern, mother is French. Um, and, uh, you know, father was very uh, family oriented. Um, you know, family came first. Uh, and uh, he sure showed that um, growing up. Um, unfortunately, um, my mother suffered from uh, bipolar one. Um, and, uh, you know, I obviously as a kid, I did not get that, nor did I know what that was. Um, and to kind of give you like a backstory to, to her, she was, um, sexually abused by her own father. Um, so, uh, yeah, I can, I can only imagine how that came about. And so, um, the reason why I'm saying these things is, um, at least for me, you know, like I had certain emotions and certain thoughts that I just did not want to fucking deal with at all, any time of the day, um, you know, and uh, due to the fact that my mom had bipolar one, um, she couldn't love me the way I wanted her to love me. Um, you know, one day was, was amazing. And the next day, um, I was getting backhand and like backhanded in the face, uh, several times, um, because I, I actually spilled food on the carpet, um, you know, to kind of give you, um, an idea of how I felt, um, as a really, really young kid. Um, I remember, I, uh, I was like seven or eight and um, my grandmother and my father's best friend were at our house and my grandmother was visiting from France. Um, and this was my father's mother. Um, and so dinner was ready and um, we were going to go, each of us pick our plates from the kitchen and then bring it to, uh, to the table. And so it was my turn and I, and I got up, you know, happy, somewhat happy and go lucky kid. Um, I wasn't filled with fear just yet. And um, I got my plate and I was walking back and, 
And I remember uh, I ended up tripping over my own foot and um, the pasta ends up falling on a rug. And at the time, uh, my parents owned a French antique store. And so you can only imagine that the rug is not like five or $10. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I spilled the pasta on the floor and um, at seven, eight years old, uh, I just remember my, my mother getting up and uh, backhanding me twice uh, in the face um, and calling me an idiot because I accidentally spilled the pasta on the floor. Um, and being the fact that my my grandmother and my father's best friend were there. Um, my grandmother kind of said something and uh, in French said, uh, why, are you, why are you treating this kid like this? And, um, and I remember my mother telling my grandmother, um, well, this is my house and if you don't like it, you can just leave. And I remember my grandmother being so upset and rushing to her room to pack her things to leave and she left. And once that happened, my father's best friend stood up for me and the same thing happened. And um, that was the first time in my life where I ran to my room and um, I thought like, you know, I, if I didn't exist, none of this would, would happen. And uh, I don't think any kid should ever feel that way. Um, but unfortunately I did. And uh, it all started out like from there. Um, fast forward a little bit, you know, the, the chaos it still goes on at home with my mom and, and to kind of add icing to the cake around nine or 10, um, I was molested. I was molested and um, fuck, like I said before, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you guys think, but um, for a 10 year old kid to, to deal with such emotions and thoughts at such a young age, um, fuck dude, it's a miracle that I'm still alive today. Um, you know, fuck. But despite despite those those hardships and those um, those struggles that I that I had faced at an early age, um, you know, like God did did um, shine some light my way. Like I told you earlier, um, I had a father who um, was very family oriented, and. Uh, at a young age, while, while all those things were going on, um, he would preach that it was okay to feel, it was okay to talk about my emotions, it was okay to cry. Um, and so, you know what, like it's, uh, back then I just wanted to focus on, on the negative things that had happened to me, um, but today, you know, thanks to so many things, whether it be God, whether it be the steps, um, I get to choose to like change my perspective on things. And so uh, fast forward a little bit, you know, this little kid who, who 
don't know, was just unlucky in the beginning. Um, goes to school and like any other kid, you know, starts to get bullied. Um, that wasn't <laughs> any helpful, no matter how minor that may seem. Um, already dealing with what I had to deal with prior to that, anything on top of that was just fucking like to the 10th degree. Um, so I felt it like times 50, um, you know, I still remember being called um, a French fry, a faggot, um, because I went to an Armenian private school and I was the only kid that was half French. And so, you know, um, I was picked on. And uh, it was tough. It was tough, man. It was tough dealing with all those emotions and all those thoughts. Um, and despite the fact of having a father who loved me unconditionally and, and having moments of like just joy, honestly, um, it, the pain, the agony just wouldn't stop anywhere I turned anything I did, it came back up eventually. And so, um, you know, I, uh, I didn't know much about drugs and alcohol in the beginning. So like about 14, 15, um, you know, with all that pain, um, fuck dude, I didn't want to love myself. Who the fuck would want to love me, let alone me? Um, so I did, uh, quote unquote, the next best thing, and and um, I uh, fell in love with a girl. Um, why did I do that? Because um, my thought process on it was, if I can love you, then you can love me and everything is all good. And um, I don't really have to like, again, feel feel my emotions and, and think my thoughts. And, uh, you know, it, it worked for a little while. It was nice. It, um, it was uh, euphoric. It was, it felt so, so good. Um, but you know, uh, like anything in life, um, that lasted for only so long. And so um, when it got bad, it got really bad. You know, um, in my life, it was black and white. There, there was no such thing as gray. So either things were really, really good or really, really bad. And uh, that was in all aspects of my life. Um, and during that time, um, I also dove into theater um, because it allowed me to, to express myself without having to be, without having to be vulnerable or honest. Um, I was allowed to feel a certain way in front of so many people and, uh, and be appreciated for it. Um, I felt seen, I felt heard, um, you know, something Fuck, dude, something I wanted and I needed at a very, very young age. So that that was very helpful. But again, like like many things that that lasted for only so long. Um, I, uh, you know, I 
Fuck, dude. Like I said before, like for me, um, you know, things did get way darker for sure with the drugs and the alcohol, but they were already fucking dark prior to it. Um, so like, I, you know, that's all I knew. Um, and so, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit, um, uh, you know, that, that quote unquote first love ends and fuck dude, that hurt, that hurt tremendously. Um, because I didn't know who I was, um, nor could I be, be with myself. Um, so, so when, when that false sense of like, um, love and completeness kind of left, like, dude, again, like, man, uh, I wished I didn't exist. And it had nothing to do with her or, or, or getting heartbroken. Um, cause fortunate enough for me today, uh, in recovery, I've, I've been heartbroken and it does suck. Um, but not like that did, um, again, like I had thoughts of, of wishing that I did not exist. Um, and so, uh, you know, during that time I would, I would dabble with, with, many things, whether it be weed, Xanax, um, ecstasy, and uh, it was fun. It was fun. Um, and, uh, you know, things didn't necessarily seem out of control. And, and again, I was able to use those things to like numb how I really felt and to, to pretend like I was joyous, um, that I was happy-go-lucky. Um, cause that's all I wanted. I, I just wanted to feel some sort of like joy and, uh, I wanted to feel a part of, um, and I thought if you really knew how I felt, if you really knew what I had been through, um, you wouldn't want me to be a part of you. And so, um, you know, I started, uh, I started school. And uh, again, I, I, I latched on to a girl. And um, I truly believe everything happens for a reason. And uh, I end up finding out that uh, this girl's a heroin addict. And um, I, I mean, I'd heard things about heroin here and there, never really seen it. Um, and I was going to a pretty prestigious school um, and so I was offered it a few times and I said, no, I said, no. And, and again, like, I can't be the hero to my own story. So, um, I'm going to do everything and anything to be the hero to your story. And, uh, you know, I laugh at myself when I think about this now, um, I had the thought of, you know what, I'm going to try it as long as we stop together, you know? <laughs> like, I'm gonna fuck myself over so that I can save you. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know about you guys, but that like sounds like insanity. That sounds like fucking crazy. 
But at the time, that was completely normal to me. Um, and so I did it. Um, fuck, dude. I remember I hated, I hated the feeling in the beginning. But like, I just, I loved the thought that I had of like why I was doing it. And like all these like false like stories I was creating in my head. And uh, eventually, you know, um, it's heroin. So I started to like it. And, um, and uh, you know, the, fuck dude, like before I go forward and, and explain anything more, I, I wanna first iterate that like, I'm super, super grateful for heroin. Like so grateful. Um, fuck dude. I never thought I would say that. And, um, and so uh, we started to, you know, do it, you know, smoke and, and get high and stay in our dorms all day. And I ended up finding out that she sold to the entire school and that she had a duffel bag filled with cash. And so like my introduction to it was an endless supply with an endless amount of money. And uh, like I said before, I was going to a prestigious school. So my thought process was like, wait, all these people are doing it. They're getting good grades. They come from good families. This mustn't be that bad. Um, yeah, my justification was, out of this world, out of this world. And, um, and, and I, you know, like, I, I remember, um, we would have, we would have like probably 13 to like anywhere from like 13 to 16 students come every other day to pick up. And so like that became normal for me. Um, and, uh, you know, Fast forward a little bit, she goes to school to, to do um, study abroad and uh, asked me to, to take over the business. And, uh, you know, um, at that point, I feel invincible, like nothing can fuck me up. Um, nothing can get in my way. Um, I got this, don't worry. And, uh, you know, I say yes. And so she leaves and, um, and I start selling and, and, you know, everything is going as planned. And like I said, endless supply of like money and, and drugs and, and um, I had like this, this, um, I wanna say maybe spiritual awakening. Um, I was at my father's house. I was about like maybe eight, nine months into, into using heroin. And uh, I want you to put into consideration, my father was working for a prestigious family at the time. So he was never home, was always in a different country. Um, and like I said earlier, I did theater. So makeup, acting, I was pretty good at it. And um, he couldn't really notice. And so um, I remember being at his house one day and uh, I was in the bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and 
like I said, I don't know if it's a spiritual awakening or a moment of truth, but like I had this thought come into my mind that Simon, you need help or you're gonna die. I don't know where it came from. I don't, you know, I don't have any explanation, um, but it just did. And, um, you know, the next thing I proceeded to do was walk out of that bathroom and, and walk up to my father, who, like I said, was Middle Eastern, born in Lebanon, um, wasn't really too familiar with heroin. Um, and, uh, and I said, Dad, I think I'm a heroin addict and I need help. Fuck, dude, like I can't even imagine how he felt. I can't imagine how I'd feel if my if my son comes up to me and like expresses something like that. And, um, you know, like I said before, um, despite all the hardships I've faced and had to experience, whether it was, um, you know, from my own doing or just because, um, I had a father who loved me unconditionally. Um, and I think that's why I felt comfortable enough to ask him for help. And um, so he proceeded to, to take my phone, my keys, my wallet, my computer. And uh, at the time we knew nothing about treatment. We knew nothing about a 12 step program. Um, all he knew was that he loved me and he wanted to help. And so I remember kicking cold turkey off of heroin and Xanax. Fuck, fuck. Like I can still remember the pain. It was bad. And um, again, like God, you know, shining light into, into, into my life, even though at the time I wasn't willing to see it. Um, I had a father who uh, laid in the bed with me every single night as I cried because I couldn't sleep and I was in so much pain, repeatedly telling me everything was going to be all right. Um, didn't kick me out. Didn't push me away. Um, if that isn't unconditional love, uh, I don't know what is. And so, you know, I, I did that and, and fuck, dude, like I said, I can remember the pain like it was yesterday. Um, but at the time that did not matter. Um, my justification kicked in and, and uh, I convinced myself that, you know what, like if anyone does heroin, like, they're fucked too. Like, I just need to stop heroin. And, um, you know, it was a bumpy road. It was, it was, you know, like the, the, the lengths of time in between, like, while I'd use other things, um, and then go back to heroin would, would shorten each and every time until, um, until I got, until I understood that, um, that you know what, like 
fuck, dude. I don't think heroin's the problem. I think there's something bigger than that. And um, you know, before before I start to get into the recovery part, um, I just want to show you um, and express to you how dark um, it got for me in my addiction. Morals, values, ethics were non-existent. Um, you know, I related a lot to what the first speaker said about stealing and, and lying. Um, but I even took it to a whole nother level. Um, you know, I did sexual acts for drugs. Um, things that I'm not proud of. Um, but fortunate enough for me, like, you know, these steps, um, a sponsor um, has allowed me to, to, to talk openly about these things today in front of people that I don't know and be okay with it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like talking about horror stories, but I, I do like emphasizing the, the hopelessness and the darkness that comes with um, addiction and alcoholism. Um, cause my mind likes to, likes to, likes to remember the, the fun and, um, you know, I need to emphasize on, on, on the darkness. Um, that's just like what I need for me in order to like stay clean. And so, um, like I said earlier, uh, you know, I tried so many times on my own. Fuck, dude. I moved to fucking France to get clean. Like, I went to another country to get clean, thinking, like, I can run away from it. And, uh, you know, right when I arrived there, I'm supposed to kick cold turkey at my grandmother's house. And uh, the Uber driver asked me what I'm doing in the backseat I'm, as I'm smoking heroin. And uh, I, uh, I tell him nothing. And I want you to put into consideration, I had taken maybe like a few grams on the plane, a 12 hour flight, and I had like a little speck left. So I was like all done because my thinking was like, I'm gonna get fucking high and then get clean. Um, but, uh, you know, that wasn't my journey. And um, the Uber driver basically, asked me if I needed more. Like the first person I come in contact with offers me something I'm trying to run away from. I don't know, like that's, I look back at that today and, and I think everything happens for a reason. And that was just another, another sign that like, you know what, like Simon, you need to stop running and you need to start dealing with you. Um, like I said earlier, uh, drugs and alcohol are not my problem. Um, the way I don't know how to deal with emotions, um, the way I, I, you know, compulsively act on my first thought, um, those are things I fucking need to work on, dude. Um, it's just, it's crazy. 
it's crazy to to see to talk about this journey with you guys and and to see where where i'm at today um and so you know fast forward a little bit um i finally accepted the fact that i needed serious help and so i went into treatment and um at this point like dude i was fucking beat i was i was done i was done but but i still wanted to do it my own way and uh that doesn't work i can't pick and choose what i want to do when it comes to recovery and what i don't want to do um and that might be different for others but for me just yeah I can't do that. And so um, long story short, same treatment for like four months. Um, I get some time, I get a sponsor, I work the first three steps and then I go back to LA. Um, and uh, slowly but surely, I'm using heroin again. You know, I stayed, I stayed sober for like eight, nine months you know, on my own will. Um, and, uh, and I was back at it. And then I, I came back to treatment again. And um, I don't know what it was, I, I can't tell you but like, this time I was really willing to do everything. I was just done. And, um, you know, I know I don't have much time left. Um, But I, I first want to iterate that when I when I mention the word when I mention the word God, there's no face, there's no name, there's there's no person. God equals love. That's what God is for me. I keep it that simple. Um, and so with that being said, um, I started working the steps. Um, I started, you know, I, I got a sponsor, I got commitments. And, and why do I do all these things? Um, because I need to build myself up. I need to create, as, they, as a lot of people say, create a solid foundation. What does that consist of? Like self-love, self-confidence, self-awareness. Um, and that comes from the steps that comes from being of service, that comes from like believing in something bigger than you. Um, you know, I, I hear it a lot uh, uh, that, that it's, it's, it's hard to give away the power, um, but the day, the day I decided to give that power away, uh, I have never felt more powerful than I do today. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but man, um, I, you know, I, I, I work the steps, I'm of service, but my biggest thing for me is my relationship with God, because that's almost always constant. Um, that's a conversation I can have at any time of the day. Um, and that's, that's, that's honestly why, that's the, that's the biggest part of why I feel so peaceful today. 
that's the biggest part of why that little boy who went through what he went through um, doesn't have to go through that anymore today. Um, for the newcomers, uh, you know, I'm not here to tell you to, to sponsor. Um, um, are you trying? And, uh, you know, you can, you can come up with so many answers, but you know, like the honest truth on, on whether you're trying or not. And, uh, you know, to actually just try. That's all I ask is to just try. Try something new, try something different. Because um, it worked for me. Thanks for listening to me. Yeah.